0: Store for details.
1: Those delicious croissants may be a factor in the city crowned the best place in the world to vacation. I
0: love Paris.
1: For the second year in a row, Paris tops U.S. News & World Report's list best places to visit. New Zealand's South Island is second, followed by Rome, Tahiti, and London. In the U.S., the Grand Canyon is number one. Yosemite is second, Yellowstone third. U.S. News travel editor points out, dream destinations all have one thing in common, lots of things to do outside. Deborah Rodriguez. CBS News. It's probably tough to get a reservation now. The French Riviera's Mirazur was crowned number one in the world's 50 best restaurants award ceremony. The three star Michelin
2: restaurant moved up from third place last year. Mirazur was praised for its fresh
1: and seasonal cuisine supported by produce from its three levels of gardens. Pam Coulter, CBS News.
3: Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. I've got great news. Mortgage interest rates have dropped, so if you're thinking about buying a home, right now is the time to lock that low rate, even before you find the home of your dreams. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a Rate Shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800 Quicken, or go to RocketMortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us: for a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield approval, call us today at 800 Quicken, or go to RocketMortgage.com. For J.D. Power
0: award information, visit J.D.Power.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed-rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, License in all 50 states. NMLS number. 3030.
3: 30. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the sports fan, presented by JK Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's
4: Lucas Moore.
2: Sports fan, 97 WATH, 97.1 FM. Hey there, everybody. I'm Lucas Moore. Joining me today, Gary Baldwin, Ryan Boyd, both in studio. I think that was Ryan's phone that just pinged us. <laughs> it was not.
3: It was not my phone.
2: Oh, was it Gary's? Maybe it was. I. It might have been Gary's. Yeah. Well, whoever it is, get off your phone, guys. I'm supposed to be the young guy here, okay? okay? And you guys saying that us... Well, I guess Ryan's more of a millennial than I am. <laughs> I, I think... Um Fun show planned for you today. Copperhead's talk is going to be just in a second with Connor Mills. He's holding steady on the phone line. We're going to talk Blaine Gabriel. He was hired as the Nelson, York head coach, the former Alexander head coach, the all-time leader in wins at the School of Alexander. We'll talk about his hiring, and we're trying to get him on the show, but it won't happen today. But I imagine sometime over the next week, Gabriel will be appearing on the program. We're also going to talk the NBA awards that happened last night Giannis, MVP, we'll discuss that and also predict way too early who the next MVP is going to be at the NBA. And then at the end of the show, we'll talk Cincinnati Reds. They've got a big two-game set, midweek set, bracketed by off days against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They just came off an emotional series at Busch Stadium against the Cardinals, where Albert Pujols got standing ovation after standing ovation. The Reds, they're still in the midst of a big stretch. We'll talk about their split with the Brewers and then things moving But where I wanted to start the show was with Connor Mills, the Southern Ohio Copperheads. Last time we talked about them on the show, I said they are going to be just fine. They've got enough talent. I said that they're very, very good. They've got an easy stretch coming up. And they did more than just be fine, Connor. They went on a five-game winning streak. But the problem was... The rest of the south seemed to go on a winning streak as well on the Copperheads still in just fifth place in the Southern Division after that five game winning streak. Connor, thanks for joining us on the show. Momentum on Copperhead's side.
0: Thanks, Lucas, glad to be here.
2: And and talk about that momentum that the Southern Ohio Copperheads had over this past week. How on earth did they get there for that? And did you think it was just the weakness of the north competition or do you think this team, which averaged over 10 runs per game on this stretch, do you think this team has really figured it out all the way around and that, that this winning streak thing is going to be something that Copperheads fans see all season long?
0: You know I, I think that this is a special group of guys here. you know they scored over 50 runs in their last five games over this winning streak you know and then, like you said, in the open, just it just happened to be all against North division teams, and Copperheads haven't really gained any ground. you know we were at the bottom of division in six, we moved up to fifth. But you have a couple, I think Cincinnati team are on like a six-game winning streak right now. It's just been, you know, all the South Division is winning, and the North Division just happens to uh, be losing to the South right now. But for the Copperheads, I mean, the pitching has always been there this season. The bats finally came alive. You know, Gambert, Zion Avery hitting a couple bombs this week. So it's been fun to watch these bats explode and fun to watch these group of guys kind of come together and, you know, perform over these past five days.
2: A lot more names making a lot more noise for the Southern All Copperheads, especially in the lineup. That rotation continues to be stellar. And that rotation coached by the manager, Austin Dunphy, who's been the pitching coach for the Copperheads over the past few years under Phil Butler. He's in his first year as manager. Rough start for him. Four and eight. It felt like he was taking some time to settle in. But now he's on a five-game winning streak. How do you view the job that Dunphy has done over this past week, Connor? You
0: know, I think Dunphy's done a tremendous job, you know, for a guy who's down nine pitchers to begin the season and to have the starting rotation he does and the solid bullpen that comes in behind, you know, Dunphy has really worked with these pitchers. He's allowed them to be who they are and pitch to their strengths, bringing him in positions where they make him, well, they make the team successful, uh, allows the players to be successful. So I think he's managed this team tremendously. I think this pitching rotation has been great under his leadership and I, I see no signs for it to be slowing down anytime soon.
2: Well, Connor, you're up in Canada right now, and you're making an international phone call into the sports fan. <laughs> Copperheads with a yep. two-game series against the St. Clair Green Giants and then the Galleon Graders, and then the Lima Locos at home. The next four games, Copperheads probably favored in, and then the last two against Lima. Lima's always the toughest team up north, and this year they're a pretty solid squad as well, starting 9-7 and seven at first place in the North Division. But... Six games ahead of the Copperheads. I think they this this group needs to get at least four wins out of this next six if they want to keep pace with the South Division because right now all those Southern Division teams, they're battling North teams as well. So you have to win at least four games, I think, to keep pace because I think the rest of this division, they're going to win a lot over the next week as well.
0: Yeah, I think they have to take care of business on the road. they got to come up to Canada, just keep on playing ball. I know we're down a couple guys. A couple guys didn't have passports. So we're playing a little bit shorthanded up here. I know Austin Dunford will have these guys ready to face off against the Green Giants and then the, the Galleon Graders. and the Graders have been struggling a little bit this season, uh, 13 losses. So cop like you said, they're going to have to take advantage of this next four games and then take it to the Lima Locos back at home on Saturday.
2: All right, Connor, real quick, for tonight's game, seven oh five. 5 give a quick preview of the pitching matchup, or at least what the Copperheads have going on the mound tonight, and then tell our listeners where they can hear slash see the Southern Ohio Copperheads in their battle against St. Clair up north.
0: Well, I mean, on the mound, Thomas Zazaro. Zazaro is, a zero. is, a zero is a under one ERA. He's got a .85. You know, three games started this season, uh, 18 strikeouts. Zazaro, he's just been tremendous. Uh, from Lee University. He was here last year, part of the 2018 uh, GLSEL Championship team. So he's taken that mentality and has brought it here in 2019 as well. Uh, his arm has been, you know, very valuable out on the mound for the Copperheads this season. His bat was tremendous last year. It's been his pitching that's really propelled him this year. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube and Facebook Live uh, Southern Ohio Copperheads on YouTube and Southern Ohio Copperheads on Facebook as well. Um, you know, just in the starting to set everything up in here, making sure everything's going to go smoothly. Uh, not in a press box. We're uh, broadcasting from the grandstands, so we'll. Uh, it will be a fun setup for us. Uh, Joe Medora won't be joining. He uh, unfortunately didn't have a passport. I'll have Ryan Donahue oh, with me for commentary.
2: Joey, what is he doing? Listen,
0: you know, I mean, not everybody has a passport. <laughs> oh, well, you know? oh well, I mean, we have a couple players too, so it's, he's not the only guy.
2: That's true. I think Joey's just lied to you, Connor, and said, hey, why don't you go up to Canada? I don't have a passport. <laughs> wink, wink.
0: Hey, it's been an early morning, 9.30. We left from Athens, Ohio, and now we're up here in uh, Ontario.
2: Well, in- in- enjoy the great state of Canada. They just won an NBA championship, so I'm sure everybody's in a pretty good mood up there. Thanks for joining us on the program, Connor. Appreciate it, as always, and hey, go Cop tonight.
0: Go Cop Thanks, Lucas.
2: Connor Mills. Great as always. Thomas Zezaro going on the mound tonight. He is must watch. He is incredible on the mound and at the plate. I think he's going to be league MVP this year. I said that five days ago. He continues to pitch like that, Gary. And players like that, players like Chris Gambert, Zion Avery making a big impact, a two-home run game. You just go down the list. Iverson in the rotation. Oh, man. Jake Hansen in the rotation is really good. Uh, Out of the bullpen, Braxton Kelly from Ohio University. He's been dominant out of the pen for this Comperheads team. They're really, really talented. Right now, they lead the league in batting average. They're second in team ERA. And they're third in run differential. And they're in fifth place in the South Division. That feels like it's going to change as the season goes along. There's just too much talent here. And it feels like Austin Dunphy has really figured out uh, what this team can do
5: and how they play best. I think you pretty well described it. And I like... Uh, Zacero, a great deal too. You know, he's got some pop in the bat too. There's a the kind of guy that can bring a lot to the to the game. The pitching, of course, uh, I, I was not acquainted with the fact that he could pitch like that, uh, but he could hit. You know, we oh, always yeah. knew he could hit. The I mean, hit he's the batting ball.
2: around 350 right now, yeah. Gary, and he's got a sub one ERA. Yeah,
5: I mean, it's incredible. That's pretty good. Those are great numbers. And, it's league MVP. Uh, yeah, that's, you're absolutely right. And and he's a kind of a proven commodity in my mind. A guy that can go out. Uh, day in and day out, and and put in a quality effort, and it's gonna be guys like that, that 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 have the experience, but also the skill to be able to, uh, and and the competitiveness uh, that can lead this team. And I believe that I think they'll come out of this hole that they're in right now too. And so the next a uh, uh, few ball games, I, I you know they just might take it out on some other teams and and uh, and make a statement.
2: Yeah, I think that Thomas Zero, he's one of those small school guys, Ryan, and we see that time and time again in the Great Lakes League guys make an impact out of those small schools, guys with experience, guys with experience in the league, guys who have an opportunity to work on their game. And, and baseball, I'm telling you this, the difference between a Division I football player and a Division Three football player, you can see it. You 1,000% see it, and you see it immediately. And you might see that in baseball when you go SEC, ACC, down to Division Three. But the majority of Division I... You can't tell the difference between a lot of division one guys and a lot of division three guys. That's how close baseball is. And that's why guys like Thomas Azzero, although he's not a division three school, guys that are small school guys. We saw Blaine Krim from Mississippi College win league MVP last year. They're guys that come in, they have experience and they can play the game.
3: Yeah, they certainly can. And you know, I, I won't pretend to be an expert on this particular example, but but you're right. In in the years that I've followed this team and this league, you find that experience is probably the most valuable asset that any player can bring to this league. Now that may be experience in the GLSCL or just frankly baseball playing experience at the college level. And, and and what's funny is when I used to do this and I used to meet with people and talk with people, they'd look at a roster and they would say, "Well, you see the name from Michigan State, you see the name from, you know, Ohio State, these these big name institutions." And they would just assume that that meant the roster was stacked full of talent. And, and maybe it does mean talent, but that doesn't necessarily translate to the field in summer ball because oftentimes those big-name players or big-name schools where players are coming from, they're not getting much playing time, and they're using a summer league to kind of help 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 build some skills that aren't already there or that, that need a lot of refining. Whereas again, these smaller school guys, they've got the experience, they they've done it at this level already, and it's very easily transferable over to a summer league like the GLSCL. So you know, for fans out there that are casual watchers, it may seem like a surprise, but you're right, Lucas. The three of us know for certain uh, this is not a surprise, and it's a lot of hard work, a lot of years of work that uh, are paying off here recently for for handful of these guys you are talking about.
2: Zero out of Lee University, which is Division 2 school. Yep, yep. And uh, that, that's just impressive that he's been able to do what he does in the GLSCL. What was impressive was Blaine Gabriel's run at Alexander. This guy win after win after win. We're going to talk about it on the other side of the break. He was just hired at Nelsonville, York, a TVC a county rival from Alexander as Rusty Richards making some bold hires from some rivals. Love it. We'll talk about The new man for the Buckeye basketball team on the other side of the break. This is the Sports Fan on 97 WATH.
1: ever thought about having a podiatric physician examine your feet? Doctors of podiatric medicine set broken bones, perform wound care, and remove bunions. Common health issues that they treat include ingrown or fungal nails, horns, warts, and skin problems like athlete's foot. Foot exams are easy and can prevent many foot problems. If you can't walk, work, or enjoy sports activities without pain, what are you waiting for? To find a podiatric physician who is a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association, visit associationsadvanceohio.com
0: experienced truck drivers. Are you looking for a better work-life balance? At Schneider, the options are endless because you can choose from 38 types of driving jobs, from regional to local, from OTR to intermodal, from dedicated to LTL and more. Personalize your driving career to fit your lifestyle. Along with all of the different types of driving jobs, you can also pick from over 50 different dedicated accounts. Learn more about all of the options for drivers and then you decide. Find it all at Schneiderjobs.com. That's Schneiderjobs.com.
2: Dale's Valero in Uptown Athens has all your needs covered, whether it be gas or a snack,
5: but especially beer. Come check out the revolutionary new Beer Garage with over 200 new types of beer
2: and an expanded craft beer selection. Beer. Dale says, if
5: you think a cave is cold, wait until you step into our garage. Dale's Valero is open early and open late, so come on by to Dale's Valero in Uptown Athens.
4: Current televisions being built today have a mean time to failure of one to three years. The, the manufacturers have no want to maintain. Anymore. So they're looking at selling, not maintaining. They only make money when they sell new." and the new is going cheaper and cheaper. The advertised cheap price uh, is what everybody bites on. People will buy the new because that's what's there. That's what they want. They want the newest they can get usually. But if you have a television repaired in today's world, normally that TV will buy you more time than a new replacement. They can be repaired for half or less of that replacement then that makes it worth it. I'm Dave Russell. I own TV Supply Company. I'm at 136 Columbus Road. Stop in with your repair needs. Anything that's electronic. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
0: 970
2: AM, 97.1 FM. WATH app, those of you listening online, hello. You want to check us out after the show if you missed any of our discussion, we have a podcast we posted on the WXTQ Sports Facebook page. If you like us on there, you check us out on Spotify, which Spotify, I don't know how popular that app is among some of our older audience members, but younger ones I know love Spotify. It's just dominating the music cycle, so you can check out our podcast on Spotify, also anchor.fm. I post it on my Twitter as well, if you care to see it there. Also, check out WXDQ.com slash sports. Don't know if it's up yet, but Tyler Corbett is writing a response article to Bo Rugg, who came on the show yesterday from the OHSAA, um, just kind of detailing what he said and kind of summing it all up for us here at the station. And then we'll have a couple more articles debuting over the next couple weeks. I will tell you why that Athens may be better with Nathan White as the head coach of the Athens Bulldogs. And speaking of Nathan White, he'll be on the program tomorrow to discuss the Athens Bulldogs. Won't be the last time we get him on the program this summer because we love football, and we want to talk to these football coaches as much as we can. But let's go ahead and talk about basketball right now. It's, it feels like a basketball type of day. Lane Gabriel hired at Nelson, V York. This happened about a week, week and a half ago. We've had a lot of news. We wanted to really get a good segment to break this down. So let's talk about Blaine Gabriel. 132 wins at Alexander. 11 seasons there from 2002 to 2013. A Southeast District Coach of the Year Award. A TVC Ohio title in 2005-2006. And two a District 13 Coach of the Year Awards. Now, what has he been doing since he stopped coaching? Well, he's been following his son, Eric, who's a Division I assistant at High Point under legendary coach Tubby Smith. So he's been around some coaching circles. He's been scouting high school kids in Southeast Ohio in the TVC over these past six seasons. So he's been involved in it. He hasn't taken a full step back, but now Blaine Gabriel is going to take over the Nelson York program, a program that has not won a TVC title since 1997. I'm hosting this show. I was born in 1998. So it's been a long time. It's been a very, very long time since the Nelson York Buckeyes were able to win a TVC Ohio title and honestly, he keeps saying in, the, in his thing, and this is where I want to start the conversation, fellas. Blaine Gabriel, in the interview with the Athens Messenger, which great piece you want to check out, he continued to say, build a program, build a program, build a program. He smartly, because he's a smart head coach, did not talk about wins next season, because it frankly does not look good for the nelson York Buckeyes. They were 9-14 and last year. Pretty solid season, but this is who they're losing. Ethan Boyer, 12 points, 5 rebounds, no doubt about it. The best player on that team last year. Bryce Richards, the transfer from Trimble, nine points a game, a rebound and assist. He's gone. Justin Perry brought the ball up. 9.2 points, three assists a game. He's not coming back. Reese Robson, great rebound guy off the bench. He's out too. And Chris Bayette, we saw him contribute some points off the bench. He's leaving as well, as long as a, as well as a collection of other seniors that contributed some off the bench for Nelson York, And all they're really getting back is Mikey Seal, who averaged nine points a game, did drop 18 against Athens. And Keegan Wilburn, maybe, but we'll see if he if at the end of football season he's unhealthy again because he gets beat up from carrying the load for Nelson York. there's no way Trace Albot and the Ohio Bobcats are going to tell Keegan, "Hey, go ahead and play basketball, especially because Keegan might be on pace to graduate early he's still got a lot of academic work to do, so there might be even some weird scenario where Keegan Wilburn finds his way at Ohio University. Come the spring, so I don't think you can count on Keegan coming back for this Buckeye basketball team. So really, what Blaine Gabriel has to work with is a whole lot of not a lot. Austin Thrapp is coming back; he's pretty good. Um, I believe Justin Gale is coming back. So those guys, those guys are pretty good, but we don't know. Those are big question marks. Those are sophomores to juniors. Not a lot to work with, Gary. For Blaine Gabriel, to me, it looks like it's going to be a long turnaround. But Gabriel's built a program before, and, and it feels like he's in for the long
5: haul. Well, you know, uh, one of the things I like about the hire is that his uh, experience, and it's not just experience, but it was successful experiences out there at Alexander. You know, it has a history of of quality basketball down there. Regardless who's who's coaching down there, it seems they just run a great program, have for years. I think that uh, this is a move to uh, send a message right down all the way down through the, 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 the grades at Nelson York is that we want to become a, a decent basketball, uh, uh, power in this league. And to, to start that, you need a guy with some vision and you need a guy who can discipline guys and be able to teach them the game. And some of these young guys that we, we don't, we're not impressed with them at this moment, but, uh, they're the future stars. We don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to be future stars of one kind at one level or another. And maybe, Maybe they'll be better than people think, but the the fact is you have leadership I think uh that is uh significant. Uh, you have a, a disciplined guy and I think that discipline's going to carry over into the uh increased productivity of these young guys. Uh this is this is a very very good hire for Nelson, New York in my judgment.
2: Ryan, what do you think? You you've been a guy that watched, I don't know, were you around when at the end of Blaine Gabriel's term he ended in 2013? Were you calling games? Yeah, so that
3: was the first year that I was calling games here at the station.
2: So you, your first year calling games here at the station was Blaine Gabriel's last season in Alexander.
3: Yeah, and and it's funny, you know, looking back, I, I don't know. I guess it's hard to sometimes see what your future is going to be like and where you're going to be. I, I don't know that I really processed it in that way, you know. And and I don't know that I have many specific memories from that one season of doing Alexander basketball. But I'm with Gary in the sense that. You know they're bringing in a proven commodity. I mean they're bringing in a guy that certainly has a great track record as a basketball coach, and beyond that, just a good basketball mind. You know, loves the game, uh, has has watched it and coached or been around it at various different levels. Uh, it's a family thing for them. You know, and you mentioned it with his son coaching. So you know he just eats, breathes, sleeps everything basketball, which I think is really neat for uh, for Nelsonville, York to have a guy like that. And that's not to discount who they've recently had. It's just you know. Gabriel brings in a a very real resume uh, and, and string of success, and I think the biggest word that would come to mind is is just consistency. You know that Alexander program, to Gary's point, you know they they demand excellence there, and you know we know how it is; it's high school sports. Not every year you're going to have a a state championship caliber team. But it's when impossible, I, right? But when I think consistency, I think you may not win all your games every year. You may not even win half of them every year, but you know what you're going to get from a team you know you're going to get some hard working players you know you're going to get a team that's fundamentally sound and and these are some of the things that nelsonville york has lacked in recent years and again it's not it's not an indictment on the coaching staff it's just that you know gary and i have watched numerous games together we've done it for years now and Nelsonville York left me disappointed time and time again because they'd be in a game and then all of a sudden it would just crumble to pieces. Whether it was bad shooting, simply bad offense, turnovers, uh, no defensive uh, aggression, or, or you know, or anything like that. So they need consistency. And you know, who knows what the town will be like this year? Who knows what it will be like five years from now? Maybe they're never gonna have. Uh, never is a strong word, but you know what I mean. Maybe maybe not in this in this. Term with Gabriel, maybe they won't ever have great basketball players. Maybe they will, but at least you can be guaranteed that you have a guy who knows how to succeed on the court, who knows what he's trying to accomplish with his kids. And I think just just beginning with that baseline consistency is going to be a a world of difference for Nelsonville York. And I'm I'm really excited for the program.
2: Well, you know, I think that they lucked out a bit. I think Jamie Justice was doing a a fine job with this program, but. He left for the head job at Amanda Clear Creek and his his record wasn't great. He was 5-19 in the TVC Ohio. He wasn't really winning conference games. And I think that Rusty Richards was given a great opportunity. Amanda Wiseman did a great job as the athletic director at Nelsonville York. She's the one that hired Rusty Richards, which was a layup, but yet a slam dunk hire. You saw how good Rusty Richards was right out of the gate. And this Jamie Justice stepping back gave Rusty Richards, who we all know is a very smart man and is very dedicated to the Nelson York Buckeyes, an opportunity to make his first big boy hire, and he crushed it. Name a better name that's going to fill this job right now at this time of year. There isn't one. There isn't one. Plus, he's got six seasons of essentially D1 coaching experience from his son being in it and him helping scout for high point. That means he's had conversations with Tubby Smith You don't think he's gotten better at coaching over these last six years? Maybe he's a little out of practice. Maybe he doesn't connect with the kids well. But show me a coach in the TVC Ohio that connects with today's kids well. You think Matt Combs is on the gram? No, it's not about that. So I think you can miss six seasons in high school coaching and jump right back in. Six years ago, Gary, were they playing 2-3 zone all over the TVC? Yeah. Were they running the same offenses we're seeing now? Yep. Yep. Things haven't changed. This isn't the NBA. So you could be gone for six seasons. And Rusty just got a guy that walked in the door with 132 wins, a TVC coach of the year on his resume, a TVC title on his resume, a Southeast district coach of the year on his resume. Tell me that's not, I mean, that's, that's has to be the best hire. Slam dunk from Rusty Richards here. Now I'm going to hold off to say what I think Blaine Gabriel will be able to do at Nelsonville York. I think next year's a wash. I don't care how great of a coach he is. I think next year they're going to be in the bottom three of the TVC. They're going to be with River Valley and Wellston. Wellston, I think, has got some young players that are getting better. R.J. Kemp, I liked him a little bit. I think that they could be interesting next year. But I think Nelson, New York, might be the best out of those three teams. But it's really a top four race in the TVC Ohio. It's Alexander. They, Alexander is the favorite. Listen right now. They need to be pegged right now. If Alexander does not win the TVC Ohio title in basketball, it is an abject failure. They have 10 juniors coming back. Ten juniors coming back, and they were a third-quarter run for Athens in one game from winning the conference last year. So ten juniors coming back at a team that just won the conference, and the best team of the conference is losing four of its starting five. Guess what? You should win the conference. Alexander's the favorite. Vin County was just chock full of juniors, and they're bringing just about everybody back, plus the best coach in the conference. So the Vikings are going to be really good. Athens is always pretty good. They've got Isaiah Butcher coming back. I like their talent, but a lot of unproven commodities there. And Meggs has Weston Bear, the player of the year, coming back for his senior season. And Coulter Cleland making the freshman to sophomore jump on that roster. Now they lose the Bartrams, but I think Megs will still be competitive. It's just going to be a tough first year for Blaine Gabriel at nelson New York ryan because the conference is really strong, and it just doesn't look like there's going to be an influx of talent for the Nelson of York Buckeyes.
3: Yeah, and it's fascinating. You know, I used the word consistency a moment ago, and I also talked a bit about experience we all have with, with what Gabriel brings in his entire coaching repertoire, if you will. Well, the same thing applies sometimes to just what you frankly have on a roster, right? Experience and consistency can be everything at the high school basketball level. And each of the teams that you just described, other than Athens, we, we, we think that Athens will reload. They always seem to. You know, they, they did lose a lot, but... Outside of that, certainly with Vinton County and Alexander, consistency in terms of coaching, in terms of personalities you're bringing back, and that, of course, also brings with it experience. So they're going to be better. They're going to be... You know they're they're just going to be better from the start because of those types of factors. Now that doesn't mean Nelsonville York can't swoop in and surprise somebody or win a game here or there. They probably shouldn't win. You know, good coaching can do that for you. Maybe a few surprise personalities that end up on the roster that we're not expecting. Well, and that, Mikey
2: Seal's you know, got a pure jump shot. If, oh, no I doubt. Mean, if, no if, doubt. If, he, if he just gets the if a coach can set him up in the right positioning and he just gets into a rhythm. Throughout the season, which is a little tough for a guy that plays quarterback in the fall. Right. But if he gets into a rhythm, I mean, he's a guy that can average 12, 13, 14 a game. And when you got a player like that on the roster that can get hot from three, you can knock off somebody in that top four. But will they finish in the top four? That's that's the harder question to answer, and I don't think it's one they'll be able to answer.
3: Yeah, that, that's the harder question. You're absolutely right.
2: You know, and I, and I think
3: there's some matchup issues, you know, that they'll find over the course of time. I mean, obviously the the obvious one is Caleb Terry. You know, there's just no answer for that at Nelsonville York right now. Uh, depending on the development and growth of of Terry, maybe not literal growth, but or maybe the the widening Maybe literally, of him. maybe he's yeah. a seven one kid. Yeah, next it's year. well, and and I hope he's thickened out a little bit. That's hard though for kids at, at his age. Oh, I'd but, love him to be uh, listed seven one. I'd yeah, love just
2: yeah. to see that on the rise.
3: Yeah, we'll we'll see about all that, but you know, but but you're right. Point well taken. It, it, it's it's going to be really hard this year for Nelsonville York to be immediately competitive over the course of a full season. But uh, it, you know, it, it's a build, it's a rebuilding process. Gabriel's got the right approach to that, and uh, you know, I, I think in the long haul, I'm with you. This is a this is a knock it out of the park hiring, um, especially if he's in it for the long run, which. You know, at age fifty nine, I mean, this is the time to really settle in and coach a program over the course of, you know, five to ten years. I mean, it's it's you know, it's not like a, a, a justice, right? I, I think very highly of Jamie Justice, so I, I mean this in the best way. He's young, man. He's early in his career, he saw an opportunity. Amanda Clear Creek's got a pretty good basketball program and he took it. I don't blame him at all. This is the opposite. I think Blaine Gabriel is ready to settle in, ready to try and build something, and, and that's to the benefit of Nelsonville York.
2: And run through the T V C. I mean, he loved, he loved coaching in the TVC Ohio. When you do it for a decade and you win a title, you just want to go back and grab one more title. I love the hire for Nelson York. I love it. Great job by Rusty Richards. Um, I think they lucked out because I think Blaine Gabriel is a better coach than Jamie Justice, and I thought Jamie Justice did a solid job with the talent he was given, and I wish him best of luck at Amanda Clear Creek. Let's talk about these NBA awards. We've got about five, five to seven minutes to get to this discussion, and I want to do way too early predictions for next year. Let's talk about Giannis. Giannis wins MVP Gary. Do you think it should have been him or James Harden? James Harden averaged 36 points per game, but Giannis when you look all through the stat sheet was much better than Harden in a lot of categories and was nearly defensive player of the year and Harden was this year you can make an argument a slightly above average to average defender in the NBA.
5: I like Giannis a lot. He's he's a quality player and 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 uh offensively and defensively. I uh, really uh headed that team up and they had a nice season out there in Milwaukee last year so uh yeah I really I really like uh, uh what he brought to the game Harden uh he's a little harder to figure and of course there's always something going on down there with uh, uh with with Houston but uh he's a great shooter no question about that but there's more to it and the, the his, his ability to mix uh in a positive way with the other players I don't know. It's, it's it's kind of questionable in my mind. He it could be all uh, peripheral things. It could be other. Well, it's uh, usage.
2: It's his usage. It's a forty four percent. Yeah. What's a forty? What forty plus
5: percent usage rate? That's yeah. unheard of That's in right. the NBA. Yeah, it it is. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I still like Giannis because I think we, we. I don't think we've seen the best of that guy yet. Oh no. And None Harden, no. we probably have uh, to be honest about it. Uh, so I, you know, I like. I think it's a good pick, and I'm I'm glad he's getting the kind of uh, exposure that he is. He deserved it. James Harden 36 points per game, not good enough to
2: win him MVP. Ryan, your thoughts? Uh,
3: yeah, um, you know, maybe unpopular opinion. I, you know, I think James Harden might be. oh, man, I don't know. I think it's close. I think it's really, really close. I think he is as valuable to a team as any player in the NBA could be. Now, I think you could say the same. Giannis, obviously, vitally important to the Milwaukee Bucks as well. So it's tough. But, you know, I I think if you really take a step back and look, I think Houston had a really tumultuous season. Now, some, you know, Gary kind of said this, you know, you can blame some of it on James Harden if you want. But I I think there's some coaching question marks. I think there were definitely some injury issues with that team. A really slow start. I mean, an ugly start. And they dramatically turned the corner you know so I'm actually a very pro James Harden guy Uh, he may not be my favorite player I don't love watching him play but I I think he's as deserving as anybody to win MVP with that being said I like fresh blood I like giving new guys the opportunity to earn the award and I thought it was you know well deserved for Giannis I think you know their head coach got coach of the year they had the best record in the NBA so I'm not mad about it Lucas but um, I, I think it actually was maybe closer than the votes. I mean, it was seventy-seven to twenty-three. I think on first-place votes, may have been even a little bit closer in my mind. But I'm okay with Giannis.
2: Yeah, I think Giannis deserved it. Rookie of the Year, Luka Doncic. I thought it was clear. Uh, I thought Luka Doncic was clearly the best player coming in to this season. I, I, I'm on record multiple times saying that that Luka Doncic was can't miss. He was a guy winning MVPs in Europe, which is the second best league in the world. The one he was playing in Spain is the second best league in the world then it's the G League, and then it's a couple more pro leagues, and then it's the NCAA. And the dude was the MVP of that league, and the leader of a team with 28-year-old NBA dudes, former NBA dudes on it, was the leader of that team at 17. He was yelling at 28 guys who played four years in the NBA, Gary, who were making six figures. He is yelling as a 17-year-old kid, telling them they're not in the right position. And they look at him with respect, and he's earned the same respect with the Dallas Mavericks, he had a great rookie season, I think this dude has transcendent potential, has the potential to be the greatest foreign-born player that's ever played in the NBA will he reach that? We'll see but a great start winning a rookie it is a great start,
5: I I like like his start I like his game uh, and and, uh, he's just the kind of guy that uh, a a team uh, uh, like the Mavs, they need a guy like him to hold things together and to and to build around this is a as you say he's a very he's just a young guy i mean geez. just uh, just
2: turned 20 that's
5: right and so most people aren't even out of you know haven't even played any college ball uh, of of any substance and and then translate into a, a a rookie season or whatever uh you know coming right out of high school as he did I know it's a it's a an international situation here, but boy, he brought a lot to the game. He just has great instincts. Yeah. And when you have a guy that's an instinctive player uh, that understands the game as he does, and this when he's this young, if he can stay healthy, he could become a great player, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, and he's just to me, Luca is. It's going to be his fifth season essentially of professional basketball because in Europe he was playing ninety games a year. I mean, that's why he didn't play in the summer league because he just came off a ninety-five game season in college they might play 35 40 max. So like this guy has been putting minutes, miles, experience on his brain and on his body that might harm him come 33 34, but right now it's all positive because going into his sophomore season in the NBA, it's essentially his fifth or sixth year of professional basketball. Luka Doncic incredible, but Ryan, some people made the argument for Trey Young. What'd you think of that? Trey averaged more points at the end of the season and he was a pop player for the Hawks, but I thought Doncic was all around the better player and was a, a leader and could win games at the NBA level.
3: Yeah, Doncic uh, is a no-brainer for me. I was happy with that selection. I, I will say that I think Trey Young has found a way, and we'll see if it continues, right? It's always a question mark in year two, but he has found a way to make himself a household name, and I think that Trey Young, over the course of his career, is going to be a better scorer than Doncic. And then listen Lucas' he's, he's not that's not the type of player he is so he's not going to be upset to hear that or, or see that happen but I, I really believe that Trey Young he he felt his way into the NBA and my goodness you know there were some question marks early but I think he's going to be an explosive game-changing type of player for a lot of years but uh, you're right Lucas I mean Lu- Luca was the more obvious choice the more overall impactful player at the NBA level and I had no complaints about that one
2: if you had to pick one of them to win, who would win their? Who's going to win the MVP first? If they're going to win one, Luca or Trey?
3: Luca, hundred percent.
2: I think it actually might be Trey. Really? Because I think Luca has Kristaps. I think he's in a better organization, and I honestly think Luca is just so genuinely consumed with winning that he's going to sacrifice some things. Kristaps is going to average a lot more points. He's going to be muddied in that Dallas. Now we'll all know that he's great, and we'll all know that he's the leader of the Dallas team. But hey, if Trey Young wins 48 games with the Hawks and averages 31 points per game and shoots at 48% from three, that has a Steph-like season, something like that. Like, I feel like that is a little more... Likely to win MVP, although it's, I like Luca more as a player. I think Luca's willing to sacrifice more than Trey.
3: I think that's fair. I mean, I think my honest answer would be neither. You know, I don't think either is ever going to win an MVP, uh, which is a bold claim. They're young; they got a lot, a lot of years left ahead of them. But uh, I think there's too much high-end talent in the NBA that is more explosive and, and that sort of thing. Um, I, but I hear you, man. I mean, it's it's not possible, not impossible. I, I'm, I'm with you on the sense that. I think Trey Young, man, it's like in college. I think as he settles in more and more, his scoring numbers are going to go up and up. It's, it's a matter of what else can he do, how else can he impact a game. He's going to be an explosive core, scorer for the extent of his career.
2: The thing with Luka is if he gets more athletic, oh boy. Oh boy. He's barely athletic. It looks like he could barely run out there. And if he actually trains his body, gets an NBA body, what is he going to look like when he's 24, 25? And what we saw, go look at all the Euro guys. They all came in baby fat. They all came in out of shape, eating Doritos, playing video games, and then all of a sudden they get in the NBA gym and they can just unlock a different level of athleticism. We saw Dirk, that's what won Dirk that MVP that one season.
3: And I'll, I'll leave you on this note too. I gotta run. I'll let you guys finish this thing, but I think when we're talking MVP potential and guys that are in that same boat as Luka, I think the two guys to watch, it's Luka And the other, I'm going to sound biased, but it's Nikolai Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Those are both really young guys that have really unique skill sets. Jokic, a lot different, right? He's a big man, but doesn't look athletic, has some growing to do and and some some muscles to grow in and those types of things. But I think him and Luka, if the development is right over the next four or five years, I'm with you, Lucas. Both those guys could be game-changers like we have not seen in a long time in the NBA.
2: I think Jokic is a great player. I just I get a little more bored watching him than I do Luka. I love watching Luka Doncic play the game. Gary, if you had to predict, before we get to break, and then you and I will get a nice last segment to talk the Cincinnati Reds in their upcoming series against the Angels and their last series against the Brewers. But if you had to predict, who's going to be the MVP next season? The Reds? No, no. Uh, in the NBA.
5: In the NBA. Oh gee, uh, I think next year is going to be a real scramble. I think. Uh, well, I mean,
2: there's a lot of options. A lot of there, guys going to be moving places. A lot yes, of guys in different locales.
5: I think it's uh, when the dust settles a little bit here, we're going to get a better sense of how these guys are going to be able to uh, to play their game and so on. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, we were just talking about uh, Trey Young, and he's a fine young player. In fact, he's exceeded my expectations of what I thought he could do initially. Oh yeah,
2: I honestly, the season he had this year. Yeah is better than what I thought would be his best NBA season. I'll yeah. be honest, when he was drafted, I said, this guy is Steph that can't really ball handle. I mean, he he's discount Steph. He's, he's, he doesn't look like Steph did in college, and he's playing in Oklahoma. I thought that this was going to be, I thought that the season he just had would have been his max NBA ceiling, and I was wrong, dead wrong.
5: Well, I think that's the nice thing about some of these young players, that if they're dedicated to the task and, and uh, want to become a quality player, and they have some guys around them. You know, one guy out here all by himself. Uh, over the years, we've we've seen over and over, uh, you know, one one star player won't do the trick. You've got to have some complimentary players who can really blend. And and make it work uh, for the entire team, and then those guys can really blossom and become the great uh, stars and ta- of the talent that they're they're born with. It's and and Trey Young is one of those kind of guys. Doncic probably another one too, simply because I think he arrived on the scene with a lot going for him. But but he's the kind of player I like because he does so many things well. I really like that guy.
2: And he's just you know, do you hear a story? He goes seven to twelve from the free throw line. Yeah. Walks to the Mavericks practice gym in his sweaty uniform after he got done with mandatory interviews and shot free throws till about 2 a.m.
5: So that's the kind of thing. And so
2: you hear stories like that and you're like, okay, well, this kid has been addicted to the game of basketball since the age of 14, has dominated some of the highest levels in the world already and gets to the NBA. And all he cares about is I can't go 7-12 from the free throw line. Are you kidding me? He's got that Mamba mentality. He's a nice kid. He's a good leader. He communicates well. He's smart on the floor. He's got everything that I want to build a franchise around. You bet. Now, is he going to be a player like LeBron James, transcendent, four MVPs? No. I don't think he has the athleticism for it. But can he be a top five player in this league for 10 years, have good players around him, maybe win one MVP and win two or three NBA titles? You bet he can. You bet he can, and if you if you think Luka Doncic can't win a title in this league, I don't know because he is he is he's got the whole package in terms of a franchise leader, in terms of a player on the floor. I love me some Luka Doncic.
5: Well, a guy like that is 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 a player's uh, is a coach's dream, but he's a he's a coach out on the floor, you know, because he understands At the 19. game. Nineteen, yeah, that's the amazing thing about it. a guy that young that is that understands the game in such a comprehensive way. It's got to really impress. Now, I, they were saying great things about him before you know he was drafted and all that sort of thing. Uh, but there's another guy that exceeded uh, my expectation. I just wasn't. Yeah, you hear all those kind of things. Well, yeah, maybe that's true, maybe not. Uh, he exceeded expectations too because you, you got to get. Here's a guy translated from uh, Europe, come over here into a new league. A young guy, and, and you've talked about how young he is. To be able to play it at such a high level and understand the game at such a high level, this is an impressive young guy, no question about it. Yeah, he was in the low 20s in scoring yeah. average, and that's what
2: the Mavericks... I, I from I didn't understand this from the Mavericks. I thought you were bringing in a seasoned pro from overseas. You just happened to get him at the draft. And I thought that he was a guy you could plug and play immediately and start to build around come training camp. They, they, they said they did the classic NBA rookie model. Hey, let's take him slow. And so 30 games into the season, he was only averaging 16 points per game. And then they're finally like, okay, let's give the reins over to Luka. And then the Mavericks got better, and he went averaged in the low 20s. And he had big shot after big shot, big moment after big moment. He had an incredible season on the floor. It was an incredible weekend for a second. For the Reds, and then it turned a little sour, losing the last two to the Brewers. Gary and I will talk about that series and preview the Reds' upcoming series. You'll be able to hear it on this station against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. This is the Sports Fan on 97 WATH.
0: This is the place to fill your gas tank just before you head to or off Route 33. This is the hot spot to fill your bellies with delicious cold cut sandwiches and tantalize your taste buds with hot and tasty six-incher foot subs. This is the super spot which offers drive through service of pop, chips, candy, beer, water, and much more. This is the best-kept secret in Athens County. Until now, this is City Limits Valero. Visit them at 235 Columbus Road in Athens, open seven days a week. And remember, why just drive by? when well, you can drive through.
1: Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. Adding a podiatrist to your healthcare team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com.
3: Confused by all the talk about a good night's sleep? There's a lot of new mattress companies, but they're all missing something. They're missing expertise. Introducing tomorrow, the new mattress and sleep system from Serta Simmons Bedding. Tomorrow is great sleep delivered right to your door. Visit Tomorrowsleep.com and use promo code SAVE for $125 off your tomorrow mattress through this Monday only. That's Tomorrowsleep.com. Transform your tomorrow.
0: Troopers are taking extra time during traffic stops and paying close attention to possible criminal indicators. This is Trooper Robinson of the Ohio State Highway Patrol Athens Hawking Post. The Highway Patrol was significantly impacting the criminal element on our public roadways and in our communities by removing wanted persons and illegal drugs. As a result, troopers continue to help improve the quality of life in our state. You can always call pound 677 to report illegal activity, and the call will be directed to the nearest patrol post.
3: Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH.
4: Nine
2: seventy AM, ninety-seven point one FM, Lucas Moore, Gary Baldwin, with you for another eight minutes till the seven o'clock hour at seven forty-five. The Reds pregame will tip off. First pitches per first pitch off begin. I guess it. I don't know. Some some sports term. Yeah. Some sports term will begin at seven forty-five with the Reds' series against the Los Angeles Angels. One thing I wanted to address at the top of the show, some of you might have read a story today, and I just want to tell you, don't believe it, it is that the Yankees are interested in trading for Luis Castillo. And I just want to tell you that the fact that I read that story, just the arrogance of the New York Yankees, it just is mind-blowing. Like, Luis Castillo is a Cy Young candidate right now. Now, he just had a bad start against the Brewers, But he's had, what, two of those this season? That's right. He's an incredible pitcher. An incredible pitcher. He is the Reds' number one asset right now. He is the most valuable asset in the Cincinnati Reds organization. He is an ace pitcher. A pitcher you can use in a playoff series to shut a series down. That's what Luis Castillo is right now. And he's young. He's not even 20. He's 26. 26. Not even 27 yet. Not even near 30. And he's under club control till 2023. Now, on what planet would a Reds team with a lot of payroll space next year, a young core, trade an ace Cy Young competitive pitcher that they have under team control until 2023? It's not happening. Not, it's not happening. Zero chance. That's a ridiculous story. Don't believe it. The Yankees aren't getting Luis Castillo. Unless they, they better blow our pants yeah. off. I mean, it better be a trade so good that I read it, my eyes walk out of my head, go to the fridge, take a drink, come back, set back in my face and go, did I just see that correctly? <laughs> That's how good that deal better be if the Reds trade Luis Castillo. I mean, I'm talking, I better get three game-changing prospects, and I better get a major league ready outfielder, and I better get a major league ready starting pitcher. That's yeah. what I want out of that deal. Plus, I want picks. That's what I would, if I'm a GM, are you kidding me? I yeah. need three of your top 10 prospects and I need two major league starters for Luis Castillo.
5: And that would be hard to believe that anybody would give up that. But and I, I wouldn't
2: even, I don't yeah. think I'd even do that deal yeah. if I were the Reds. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but those three prospects couldn't work out. Those starters cost more than Castillo does right now. And Castillo is still the best asset in this entire deal because he's a Cy Young candidate right now.
5: Yeah. You know, the thing about him this year is that you know they've, the Reds have been talking about what good stuff he has and and that sort of thing, uh, but he couldn't seem to put it together. This year he's putting it together.
2: Well, I mean, I talked on the show. I I went to a game last fall, Gary, and I watched him pitch and he mowed. I mean, just mowed guys down. And I said, I looked at my friends. I said, this guy's got Cy Young stuff. Yeah. I mean, just point blank, period. This guy can win a Cy Young. He is a good enough pitcher to win a Cy Young on stuff alone. And sure enough, next season. He brings
5: it. He puts it all together. Yeah, he has. And that's got to be one of the uh, the great uh, uh, sparks, so to speak, that's made the Reds come out of the hole that they were standing in to become a real baseball team, which I believe they are right now. But I like, you know, I was down there, as I told you, off uh, air here, that I was uh, down there last week in that walk-off game.
2: Against the Astros. That,
5: that's right. Uh, they, took, they swept the Astros. Uh, the game looked like it was over. Uh, but who who brought them uh, back with Winker and and Senzel and and uh, it's just these young guys pitching in and believing they can win. And I was looking through their stats today. We're we're talking about Sinseal and Winker both hitting over three hundred in the last thirty games. Puig is hitting almost three hundred in the last thirty games. You get some guys hitting uh, the ball like that and hitting for the distance as well. You got some you got some pop going there. And you get some good pitching alongside of it, you, you've got a chance to make a run here. And uh, I thought the Reds looked real good down there last week. I think they're good. I yeah. think
2: that they got two and two is what I thought they would do in this series uh, against the Milwaukee Brewers. Two wins, two losses. Now, you hate losing the game that your ace is on the mound. I really would have wished that they would have won that. Because if they win that game, you're taking three out of four on the road at yeah. Miller Park, a ballpark that the Brewers were 22 and 13 at heading into that series. Now they're 24-15, and 15, which is still a great record at home. Now you get the Angels two games. And I think the Reds have an opportunity to take both games in this series. And it's because the Angels are coming off a really emotional series with Albert Pujols at Bush right. Stadium. That's right. I mean, they're just riding high. Now they're back at home in Los Angeles. Just I think if they're going to have an emotional letdown game. I don't think the Bats are going to be ready for Los Angeles tonight. And I think the Reds can get game one. And I think they will win tonight. It's just about can they get game two? And if they get game two, that'll be great. You're 38 and 40. But I think they need to, you have to split this series. And then I think you take two of three from the Cubs. And then you got the Brewers in a four game set again. You take three of four there. And then you've got the Indians right before um, the All Star break. Whatever they do against them is fine. You're going to be two or three games or one game below 500 or at 500 heading into the All Star break. A lot of momentum. And a real chance at the wild card.
5: They really do. And I, you mentioned, uh, you know, taking uh, the Angels by surprise. I'll tell you what. There's going to be some other teams that better wake up quickly too and recognize that uh, this is a team that's on the rise. Uh, good young players. You mentioned Castillo, great young pitcher. Uh, uh, you know, they just look good all the way around. They look like a team. They look like you were interested in winning the ball oh, game, yeah. and they
2: did. Even the even the last loss of the series when they fell down five yeah. nothing, that's seven right. nothing. They came back, they were down 7-5, runner on base, and the last out of the game was caught on the warning track. So they have that fight. They have that don't give up attitude. And David Bell's really starting to get the best out of these guys. And that's a good sign because there's so much talent on this team that if everybody's playing their best, they're going to be competing for a wild card spot, which is the fact that we're going to be watching important baseball games in August, knock on wood, is just so much better than where we've been as Reds fans over the past few years.
5: Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, But just, you know, young teams, you know, they mature suddenly at times. You know, you think back to the good young teams you've seen. Overnight, they can become a team and and they believe and they execute and they become the team that people expect them to be.
2: Well, you can hear this Reds team live on this station. That that outro music, that means it's the end of the show. We appreciate you listening. For Ryan Boyd, Gary Baldwin, Gary, fun as always. I'm Lucas Moore. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us, wxdq.com sports. Find episodes of this show, this episode and past ones. Anchor.fm, follow us on Spotify, like our Facebook page, WXTQ Sports. We're just turning out the content, turning out the opinions. Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Sports Fan on 97 WATH.
0: In our 69th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM
3: 970 and 97.1 FM,
1: W-A-T-A.